Strive Coaching Studio, guiding business leaders to meet the highest version of themselves. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hey guys, welcome to podcast number 39. I wanted to talk today about what's involved in improving culture and what kinds of things are not involved in improving culture and how it all starts with you. So I thought I would open up by talking about myself a little bit to see if you can relate to my story or something similar. When I was at the very early stages of getting my company off the ground, you can imagine how much I was learning and growing and failing in all the directions because the only way I get anywhere is to fail first. You have to figure out your way and you figure out what doesn't work and then you keep going, right? And as I made strategic decisions and hired people and I was making financial decisions and I was focusing on all of the things the company needed, it goes without saying that things were not perfect. They never are. They probably aren't for you too. If they are, then you know I, I might need to put you on the podcast, give me a call. But at that point, we had there was a time when we had about 15 employees total it's probably also worth mentioning we did not have the financial wherewithal to pay the highest market dollars for salaries most of the time that worked out really just perfectly well for us without any issue at all in fact i talk about that a lot in my podcast and in my training that paying highest dollar is not necessary to get highest quality people but there were times and one in particular, that one of the hires we made was a person who just didn't have the skill set and experience to do the job. But more importantly, because I do truly believe those things can be overcome, the value system we had and the attitudes that we each had about business were not aligned. And I'm always a firm believer that skill set and experience and development and learning and growing can always be a part of it. However, when the value system and the attitudes are not aligned, there's not a lot of places and directions that you can go from there. So this was not a good hire for us. And we knew it pretty early on, but I didn't do what I needed to do to fix the problem. I had discussions as to my expectations for that role with this person. I offered assistance and support, but there were many things happening that were not aligned with what I stood for. And I just accepted it for too long because I didn't know how to fix the problem. And I thought that it was still better than not having anyone in that role. Somebody was better than nobody in that role. I also didn't realize that anyone else was really being affected by this bad hiring decision. I was kind of fooling myself into thinking that everyone was doing what they needed to do and not really paying attention to what this person was doing or not doing. And at some point, we decided to create an anonymous survey for our team to give us feedback on what support was needed, what they liked about working for us, where the opportunities were to grow and be better, all of the great things that would help us become a better workplace. And to my surprise, and what became so apparent was that it was so obvious to the rest of the team that this problem person existed. One of the comments on the feedback survey was something along the lines of, we love the leadership here, but we think you don't hold everyone equally accountable and you're not paying attention and letting things go that should never be this way. 
And it really hit me really hard because I really love my team and I would never want to intentionally cause them this difficulty in the workplace. And because I was not knowing how to fix the problem, I really wasn't paying enough attention to the problem to see how it affected other people. As soon as I decided in my mind, I'm not even sure how I'm gonna fix this. This is the decision I've made. I'm going to keep him because one body is better than no body at all, even if he's not that great, etc. And it made me not pay attention. It made me disregard all of the things that were really happening and how everyone else was affected because I made that decision. I put that wall up. So this was really eye-opening for me and I heard it loud and clear and I knew and I decided in that moment that I am responsible for creating this team and the culture, the morale, and getting the results that I want here for the business and everyone in it. And I was not taking responsibility and I hadn't been prior to that moment. Now, this doesn't mean that I needed to go on some firing spree just because I got this feedback. The facts were still the same in that I needed to decide how much money I could pay for this role. I needed to responsibly manage this person to set the proper expectations of what is and what is not acceptable. I needed to acknowledge to the others that I'm aware of the things that are not okay, not working, and that I am dealing with it accordingly and that my values and what I stand for are exactly the same as they were before. All of those actions that I took occurred as a result of my decision to become a responsible leader to everyone involved and not ignore important issues or condone them as being acceptable by ignoring them and compromising the business. So ensuring that there's a good working environment for everyone was far more important to me. And that decision is what fueled me through the process of managing it properly as a leader from there on out. Eventually, this person was terminated from our organization and we were able to learn from that experience what we needed, what wasn't working, what was working, and that allowed us to attract an amazing addition to our organization at that point. And that person carried us through serious growth in a key opportunity for us over the next nine years. Had we not gone through that process with that person who was not right, then we would have never had the opportunity open up. And our new replacement person who happened to be available at that time frame would have found a position with someone else somewhere else. And we would have never had the gift of him as an amazing addition for us. It all worked out exactly the way it should be. I learned, the company learned, we learned together what was valuable and we gained somebody that we would never have attracted otherwise. So when it comes to creating the culture in your business, and the team that you want to achieve, it all begins with making one decision about what kind of leader you want to be. Whether you've been in leadership for 30 years or have never been in the position before does not matter. It begins with deciding about yourself first. Once you can decide that answer and answer that question, you will be set up toward the results that you want. Leading from a place of fear or desperation 
or even scarcity results in the leader no longer being in the driver's seat. It's a trap that many leaders have fallen into at times, and it's many times the default style for many others. Maybe you know that the labor market is tight and you're scared that your best employees are gonna quit if you make certain decisions or make changes. Maybe you've, you have an extremely challenging client who you've chosen to jump through all the crazy hoops they've requested because you're worried they're gonna fire you and you won't have them anymore and they'll leave and go take their business elsewhere. Possibly when those above you tell you that there are things they want you to do differently and there are important facts that need to be voiced or areas that need to be considered, you don't speak up for, for your people or what they need because you're afraid that you'll lose your job or not be seen as a team player or not be seen as promotable or one of the guys or girls from above. So if you found yourself in these struggles, know that everyone else in every leadership position or business owner position has been in this place too at some point in their careers. And some operate this way as their main operating style all the time. The problem with all of this is that you end up working really hard to manage all of the reactions and opinions and judgments and thoughts of everyone else. And you're not even getting the results that you want anyway. Because when your employees all know that you're scared they're going to quit on you, what do you think happens? Even if they don't leave, who's in the driver's seat for managing the team, making fiscally responsible compensation decisions, establishing policies and procedures and other job requirements? You appear indecisive or pandering. You overshare information or you circle around things rather than being a decisive and progress-oriented leader that everyone wants to get behind. When your clients dictate how your company's operations will run rather than the company determining how it can best serve the clients, what kinds of things can happen? The entire operation is not as efficient. The employees can get confused. Morale suffers. New clients may not be satisfied with what you're offering and never even give you the chance. They might not like what they see. The existing client really is not being served your best of what you're capable of offering. And nobody's very clear about what you do or what you stand for or who you serve. Not really the results that you're intending when you are jumping through the hoops. The good news is that even if this is the way you've always done it, it isn't as hard as you think to change. I'm curious, as you heard everything I just mentioned, what were you thinking? Were you thinking that you've been there before and maybe there right now? Maybe you think I might be onto something, but you're not really sure you want to take on the work to change. Or maybe you're afraid of what might happen if you change. Here's what I want to suggest. Sit with that for a little bit. Put some thought into all of that and see what happens as you become aware of yourself and how you're thinking now. You may see more things pop up now that jump out at you as a result of becoming more aware of this. And that's perfect. When it does, and once you are open to the idea that it could be different, you can begin taking some of these steps. So as I mentioned, step one is deciding. Who are you going to be here? 
it's your choice. It's your decision. You get to choose very deliberately and the rest will fall into place from there. You get to choose. Step two, determine how you want to approach your business. What do you want to think about the business, yourself, your team, your clients, all of it? What's coming up? Step three is going to generate the fuel in you to motivate you toward putting actions into place. If you're not feeling motivated or confident or something along those lines, and instead you're feeling reluctant or afraid, not really wanting to change, a little scared of that, that's not the best time to act to achieve the results that you want. So that's when you go back up to step one and check it against there. Step four will be putting actions into place making changes, making new decisions, exploring new opportunities, creating strategic plans, and doing all the things you know you need to do that align with the initial plan where you started step one and two for who you want to be and what you want to achieve. Now listen, I realize that change brings discomfort. There will be moments when you might not want to do it. And at that point, just check that against your initial intention and see what you think. It will be worth it to get the results you want when you get to be 100% aligned with who you are and all that you want to do. And listen, these are the things we dive into and tackle all the time here at Strive Coaching Studio. Our one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions tackle this each and every day with executives who are building and growing businesses each and every day. So come check us out. Thanks for listening. For more great tips, visit us on strivecoachingstudio.com.